0: Hello, my name is Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, the first edition of the third year of Monday Night Live, which I'm really uh, proud to tell you. And tonight I've got Graham Jones, the Internet psychologist, on because we do need to learn a lot more about uh, sales on the Internet, how people buy on the Internet. And of course, psychology comes into everything that we do, dealing with our family, dealing with our friends, dealing with our negotiations, etc. Let me tell you a little bit about Graham. He is a qualified uh, psychologist. He is an expert on the internet. He has written 32 books, although he's not sent me more than two copies. So I'd like to see a few more of those at some stage. He's got more awards for speaking than anybody else in the UK. and. He's the business programme director at the University of Buckingham, which takes up a lot of his time. I've never known how Graham can find time to buy me a coffee and uh, have a beer and things, but he always does. He's an absolute genius. So we need to pick a few pointers out from Graham tonight. But um, on the show last week, which was the second anniversary edition, Graham seemed to, come, seemed to be the only person that came up with a, a negative point, And I had to ring the negative bell. I hope that's not going to happen again tonight, Graham.
1: we well do. Oh, no. <laughs> it was interesting last week that uh, I got the negativity bill, a Bell, for something that I thought was realistic, not negative. Um, and so that's one thing. But it, actually, something that Tim said uh, on the call uh, about the fact that human beings um, try to avoid discomfort, um, which I thought was a, a, an important point that relates to negativity um, in a sense. And that is that um, we're very attuned psychologically to negativity. Actually, it's what we focus on more because what we want to do is avoid that discomfort. Um, and so we're, our brain is geared into seeing those negative things. That's why uh, you will notice uh all the negative headlines in the news. Before this call began, uh, people were chatting about the incidents at the Oscars last night. Um, So this has been recorded the day after the Oscar ceremony. And uh, if you can't remember what happened, uh, there was an incident uh, with Will Will Smith and Chris Rock. And uh, unfortunately, um, it all kind of um, got great international coverage. The international coverage of something that was really positive there uh, has kind of not got the headlines in anywhere near the same amount. So the positive impact of the deaf community getting uh, awards for the uh, movie uh, that uh, involved uh, many deaf actors Uh, as the first time deaf actors had an award in 35 years. Um, And so that was that's a really positive thing, a really positive thing that happened there uh, was when Sir Kenneth Branagh was given his award for the best original screenplay. And he uh, particularly wanted to um, comment about Jamie Dornan's father, who's an academic who died before he could see his son in the movie Belfast that the award was given for. They're really positive things. They do appear in the news, but they're way down. And most people don't pay attention to them because they've paid attention to the negative bit. Um, so we do focus on negatives, and I've got some evidence for that. So I do a chat show podcast uh, with Phil Jesson and Simon Hazeldean, guests you've had on here before. It's called The Sales Chat Show. We record uh, programs once a month, and we've been doing it for several years. And I can tell you that the negative headlines, so the negative titles, get way, way, way more listeners than the positive ones. And so it's really important that actually, if you want to attract people to your website, if you want to attract people to your emails, if you want to get people to read your articles, if you want to get people to pay attention to whatever it is you need to do, you've got to be negative Uh, because that's what the brain wants to see immediately. It wants to see those negative things because then it can work out Do I need to worry about the discomfort of that negativity? So that's why it ties into Tim's point last week about us trying to avoid that discomfort. So we need to know what the negatives are so we know what to avoid. So I'm afraid, Derek, the negativity bell in my eyes is a really positive thing.
0: I'm just trying to make up my mind whether to ring it or not, Graham, but I think... (laughs) You've just escaped. Now, Graham, is that the same as away and towards motivation? Because doesn't away motivation um, sell more things short term and um, towards motivation sells more things long term? Is that what I learned
1: on, out of my NLP course? Uh, well, the for those of you who are not familiar with NLP, uh, NLP means nothing like psychology. Um, and so... Um, <laughs> So yeah, the, the notion of a way and two motivation um, is not something that I'm familiar with. Yeah, I'm familiar with extrinsic and intrinsic motivation, uh, which is the psychological way of talking about it. Yeah, so extrinsic motivation, motivation that comes from outside you; intrinsic motivation, motivation that comes from within you.
0: That's uh, far too academic for me. I don't understand what either of those <laughs> words mean, Graham. Get alone anything else. No, that's great. So. So, yeah, let's move on. Now, what's happening on the Internet with Ukraine? We're reading lots of things about the internet's viruses and people hacking. What's the latest that uh, you've read about?
1: Well, the latest is, of course, that the Russian hackers are trying to do all kinds of things. Uh, They were trying to take uh, off uh, all the Ukrainian satellites like their TV satellites and so on. Uh, They were um, dealing with uh, the other day trying to deal with that. Um, Of course, there is the uh, reverse of that. So there's the anonymous group within Russia. Uh, There is uh, plenty of other people around the world trying to do the same to Russia. Um, So it's the point I mentioned in the call we had last week, really, that we need to protect ourselves because anything can happen in the next half hour. You know, it's that stingray kind of moment. Um, If you ever remember watching stingray on TV, I can see Mark Lee nodding his head. Yeah, anything can happen in the next half hour. Um, And it can. Um, We know that in 2014... Um, half of Ukraine had its um, power supply switched off for about eight hours. Um, And it was switched off and we know it was switched off from within Russia. Um, So that's when they took over Crimea um, and they switched off the electricity supply to half of Ukraine. So we know they can already do it. Uh, They could switch off the electricity supply almost anywhere uh, if they wanted to. So uh, we need to uh, be prepared for that um but yeah it's inevitably the amount of there is a website where you can look at the amount of hacking activity going on so you can see the hacking happening live and in fact i showed this to students uh, two weeks ago now and they were amazed at the <clears throat> the vast amount of hacking that's going on in any particular second of the day um so you know you just look at this and you can see these things pinging across the map of the world of the hacking that's going on um it is non-stop absolutely non-stop and it's got worse as a result of what's going on in ukraine
0: the really worrying thing is the nhs the banks our internet banking everything is reliant on computers everything is reliant on electricity isn't it as well now you know do I yeah, need I mean, to go and get a bucket load of cash out of the cash machine as quick as I can?
1: Yeah, well, the, you know, the banks, the NHS, don't worry, they've got generators. Yeah? So should should the electricity go down, they've got fail-safe generator systems that will help them. But of course, they're only a temporary fix. They're only meant to be there for, you know, a day or so um, to to fix the problem whilst the you know the proper electricity supply is restored um so they're not a full-time permanent thing um but yeah so it's it's not going to be you know it's going to be a problem for us as individuals you know if the power goes and your lap once your laptop battery's gone and your phone battery's gone there's nothing you've got to charge it up with unless you are independent of electricity and you've got your own you know wind turbine generator in the garden Um, but there are very few people with that. Uh, So we're just, you know, individuals would have to put up with it, but organisations have got, you know, plenty of backup facilities. In fact, as you come in the train from London to Reading, uh, there is a, you know, you've got Microsoft and Oracle with all their offices, you know, so the European headquarters of Microsoft is just by uh, Reading Rail Station as you come in. Uh, And you can see banks and banks and banks of... um, Generators outside. Um, Their uh, Hewlett Packard have got offices there. Huge array of generators. So you know they're protected if uh, if things go go wrong with the electricity supply. It's just us as individuals that have the problem.
0: Now something that interests me, and you talk about it in your sales books, Graham. Is that uh, choice causes confusion? In fact, mm. co- choice causes stress, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. We do. we don't like choosing things, and yet. We think we like choosing things. So if you give people a choice of things, it causes stress because they don't know what to choose. So ultimately, they end up uh, with the inability to choose. So they decide to do nothing because it's less stressful uh, to do nothing than it is to make the wrong decision. Uh, So if you give people too many things to choose from, I'm afraid they won't know what to choose, so they give up. If you give people two things to choose from, that's equally stressful because they're not quite sure, you know, they could have chosen A or B. And if they choose B, they'll then think I should have chosen A. So uh, research shows that the easiest selection we have is when we have three things to choose from. And you mentioned um, last week, Derek, about the rule of three in writing and in speeches. And it's no surprise then that the rule of three also applies to choices. So if you give people a choice of three things, they will be able to um, choose those things easily. So it's embedded in our brain. Yeah. So you, you know, with what, maybe you were watching the winter Olympics recently, uh, they have gold, silver, and bronze. They don't have platinum, gold, silver, and bronze with four winners or five winners. There's only three. Um, And also importantly the winner is presented in the middle so if you've got three things that you want to offer people on your website uh, for example then you put the one you want them to buy in the middle because we are framed our brain is framed to choose the one in the middle Uh, so if you want people to choose things in a document don't list them vertically down the page list them horizontally in a table and put the one you want them to choose in the middle and they're much more likely to choose the one in the middle
0: why um but why horizontally rather than vertically i would have put one two and three one being the really high price that uh anchors the middle price and uh, the third one being the the price where you um you clearly don't really want them to buy it, but uh, I am surprised that so few people have heard about the power of three and how three fits in. And it's been going on since the Greeks, hasn't it? Uh, Socrates and Plato in their speeches, I believe.
1: I don't know. You might remember them, Derek. I don't. But um, so... Godfrey, Godfrey and I were there. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, if we, if you think about why you're doing it horizontally across the page in the, in a table form we read from left to right. Uh, so unless you're in a language where you read from right to left, so I'm only talking about languages that read left to right at the moment. So we read left to right. Your brain, once you've read the first bit on the left-hand side of the page, your brain knows that's already happened. And so to your brain, that's history. Uh, to the, the bit on the right, as you scan across the page, that bit is the future. Uh, And the bit in the middle, your brain perceives as the present. In fact, when you look at people's eyes scanning down the page, it spends most of the time down the middle of the page. Um, So when you're reading, you read documents. If you've ever watched anybody read, uh, your eyes do really weird things. Yeah, So they do what's called fixations and saccades. And so the fixation is your eye just fixes on a point on the page. And then literally something like 50 milliseconds later, it bounces way up and then comes back down to the same line a bit further along. But actually most of that eye movement is on... The peripheral parts of the page and the middle of the page is where you spend most time on So that psychologically that's where the important stuff is because we can see the rest of the line with our peripheral vision so our brain is tuned to think in the middle of the page is the most important that the left hand side of the page is uh, past. And the right-hand side is the future, so your brain doesn't want to buy anything from the past. You know that's old-fashioned. So you want to buy the bit that's for the present, and you don't really want to buy the stuff for the future because you're not quite sure if it's going to be right or if it's going to be successful. So you hedge your bets and you buy the thing in the middle. So you'll, if you look at websites that are offering things for sale, the really successful ones will have the one in the middle that's. The one that's going to make them the most profit and they'll call that you know the platinum version or the gold version or something um and it that's the one that most people buy the economist does this really well uh, or they used to i haven't checked it lately with their latest offer but they would they would offer the the um print version uh, then they would offer the print and digital version and then they would offer the digital version but the print and digital version was the same price as the digital version. So what it made people think was that they were getting the print version for nothing. So it seems like a fantastic deal and you put that in the middle, but that's really the most profitable for the company because now they can charge advertisers much more because the advertising is not just appearing online, it's appearing in two places. It's appearing in print and digital for these people. And so the advertising has more impact. So therefore, they want people to buy the print and the digital because they get more buck for you know money for their um, their advertising, and they convince us to buy it by putting that in the middle of the page and making us feel like we're getting a bargain by charging us the same as if it was for the digital. That's called decoy pricing. So you have a decoy price which forces people into the price you want them the item you want them to buy.
0: We should have told me some of this before, Graham. I wouldn't have wasted so much time on my poor pitches with um, you know not putting everything in the middle. Anyway, I've been looking at some of the body language on the gallery view and some people are looking at you like you're crazy, which I normally do. Yeah, well, that's quite normal. <laughs> and some people are smiling and nodding and uh, a couple of people are falling asleep, but never mind, that always happens when you and I are speaking, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to that. A couple of other points, Graham, that um, I wanted to ask you. Peak flow state is something I've been very interested in with sports psychology. Getting into that peak flow, I know that uh, Tim Durkin's an expert on this, and it's something we we'll, we will cover going forward because I'm fascinated by the whole thing when three hours disappears. But um, give us your take on that in in a couple of minutes.
1: Well, if Tim's the expert, he should give us his take on it, not me. Well, um, I think I should <laughs> give him some warning, as I did give you a few <laughs> hours'
0: warning, not a lot.
1: Uh, But the the notion of flow is essentially that everything is in tune, that everything's working together. Um, And so that uh, there are no stresses, there's no concerns, there's no anxieties, that that everything is going smoothly and that you're achieving what you want to achieve and everything is working perfectly. Um, So it's the kind of ideal human state. Uh, which is not achieved by most people most of the time.
0: Absolutely. No, and uh, the um, I'm watching the cricket particularly, where we're not doing very well, and the rugby, which we haven't been doing very well. I don't see too many of those players in peak, peak flow state. They, they're kind of worried about things that are going on in the background, the coach or the pressure on themselves or what's in the newspapers and all these things that uh, clearly totally put you off. Uh, I'd be interested in... Uh, spending a little bit more time on this in a further show with uh, a few people who've uh, studied it a little bit more than me. Finally, Graham, before we go on to part two, I wanted to congratulate you and Elliot, your son, on his on his uh, graduation from Manchester University Thank you. last weekend and also on your newsletter, which has given out uh, sent out to more people than i've ever sent mine out to but i know you've been doing it on a saturday morning at 10 o'clock and you told me to send mine out at the same time on a different day of the uh of the week uh, i didn't take your advice i sent it out on a monday which is apparently not such a good day but i had a specific reason for that like all things i wish i'd have taken your advice <laughs> a bit earlier but uh yeah why why is um saturday a better day to send your newsletter out
1: Well, it's not necessarily a better day for everyone it's a better day for me, Um, and it's a better day for me because that's when my readers most of my readers prefer to read it. It may well be that if I had a different group of readers they'd want to read it at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, And so what you have to do is do it that what's best for you and your readers so if yours comes out on a Monday morning, it may well be that that's the ideal time for your readers.
0: Yeah, Graham, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being a regular member on Monday Night uh, Live and thanks for your input. Will you uh, come back and join us again in a few months time? Of course, yeah. And we'll test what you forecast, whether that's uh, happening. Will you stay with us for uh, part two? Yeah, yeah. everybody stay with us for part two. Thanks very much. Uh, Graham Jones, the internet psychologist. My name's Derek Arden. Thanks for joining us. If you watch this on YouTube or uh, listen to it on the Negotiators podcast, please uh, like us and come on live. I'd like everyone to give Graham the usual Monday Night Live round of applause.